second, everybody. It is time once again for Sco Perp Soccer. Sco Perp! An Orlando Pride podcast. This is episode number 25, and I am your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, which is an independent website that covers your Orlando Pride as well as Orlando City, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me from Tallahassee, where he has just returned from seeing Orlando City on Sunday night. David Rowe is with me, and uh, of course, that will sound weird coming to you on Tuesday, but hey, let's face it. We record this on Monday night. Dave, Time is doing? <laughs> I'm good. Time is a construct. It is. It's, uh, it, it is, because it's interesting, because we talked on the Mainland Podcast about how a tie is unsatisfactory, but it feels better when your team scores last uh, to get the tie. And it really doesn't change anything. It's just the, it's just when in time did that goal get scored? That's, that's the difference in you feeling good about it and bad about it, uh, or at least better about it than a loss, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But I think you feel better about a draw when your team is the team that scores the, the tying goal. Um, of course, nobody feels good after a nil nil draw. No, but, uh, it's it's because uh, not only is time a contract, it's also relative. Yeah. If time was random, it wouldn't matter when in the game your team scored. I mean, if if I could put time in a bottle. What's the, the first fir- thing that you like? To do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. If that listeners. were the case, Dave. <laughs> if that were the case. Oh, dear listeners. That's a very old song that you may or may not know that Michael and I know. And yeah, we're not, we're not going to subject you to it. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not singing here on this podcast. Uh, that we leave that for other podcasts. Correct. Yeah, that's a that's a unofficial official uh, rule, or at, at very least a very very strong suggestion. All right, Dave. This is the part of the show where we would recap the Orlando Pride's big victory of the previous weekend, uh, or non-victory. But there was no Pride game this week. I know, which was very upsetting. Um, because I prefer it when there are pride matches as I enjoy watching the Orlando pride, uh, as I do as well. And unfortunately though, Dave, there is pride news. Oh, what happened? Not, not the best news. Uh, Dave, unfortunately for the third season in a row, midfielder Viviana Viacorta will see her season end, uh, prematurely due to injury. And unfortunately it's another late in the season ACL. And she will miss the remainder of the season. And and my guess is that we will not see Viviana full speed until sometime in the middle of next season. Incredibly disappointing. Um, obviously, nobody is more disappointed or, you know, heartbroken more than Via Corder herself. So uh, we certainly don't want to, you know, throw anything else on top of that whole situation other than to say, um, has she run out of ACLs to tear? Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not a it's not a one and done thing. You can tear the same one more you, than you one would, time. Uh, I mean, it's not Tommy fun. John Tommy John surgery. They can make you better than you ever were before. Can't we figure out something for ACLs? I don't know, but this is the other ACL, not the one that she tore two years ago. And unfortunately, last, you know, last year was the ankle injury. This year, another ACL. Uh, we do feel so bad for Viviana, and she's been, she's been such an instrumental player 
for yeah. this year's team and and the success that they've had. The, the midfield has been much stronger this year in part because of her partnership with Michaela Clough through much of this season. And I know that the, there had been some some various changes to that part of the lineup in recent weeks, but uh, still she was still getting basically half a game almost every game. So uh, it's really unfortunate. We feel bad for her. We, we of course, wish her a speedy and full recovery, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we look forward to seeing her back. It's just a, a really tough thing when you, when you continuously see a player get hurt. Yeah, she was, very, she was quietly having a, a, a good season. And I say quietly because, you know, we didn't, it, it, it wasn't the person, it wasn't the player you were always talking about. She wasn't making necessarily the big flashy plays, but she was playing well in the midfield and, you know, like you said, shoring things up there and, and, and making a distant, a different, it just wasn't, you know, there's a lot more flashy players, but she was doing well. And that's what makes it so disappointing. Yeah. The thing that Viv does well, that is not necessarily within the, the skill set. Uh, to the same level of of her fellow central midfielders, whether it's Michaela Clough, Jordan Listro, Carrie Abello, whoever else is in that role, is that Viv has an op- uh, She has an ability to dribble players and and an, and a willingness to do it, and she does it well. Uh, she doesn't do it often, but when she does it, she normally is successful at it. And that's not something we've necessarily seen as much from the other midfielders. So she does bring a little bit of a different dimension to uh, to being able to connect those lines from the back line to the the attackers uh, in a way that some of the other central midfielders do not typically do for the pride. So it, this is a blow because it gives you, it doesn't allow you to do that and to put that player into that role to do that against certain teams. And I know that, you know, Seb has been looking, Seb Hines has been looking at some of these teams when he's prepared for them. And, and he's, you, he's been changing these central midfields, uh, from game to game for reasons for, you know, which one he thinks is the best matchup. Right. And uh, even if you take away that, it's just one less player on the depth chart heading, you know, into the end of the season when you're chasing the playoffs that it just, it just makes it tougher for the remaining players um, who now have to go. They may have to go longer. They may have, you know, put in more minutes. And once again, Nothing against Viviana in that regard, you know, this stinks all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does it does create challenges for the the other players and and of course, as you just mentioned, for Seb as coach. Yeah, and depth depth is this isn't a, a an incredibly deep team, but the central midfield was a position where they were going four deep. So at least if you have to have an injury hit any particular position group, at least that's probably the one you would go with, but uh, you'd never want to see an injury in any position group, especially one like this. And, and the pride now with uh, just a few games left in the regular season, hopefully uh, extending their season by making the playoffs, but there's still some work to do there. And the team will have a little less depth now uh, as a result of this injury. But again, best wishes to Viv for her mm-hmm. recovery. We, we wish her nothing but the best. Uh, oh, good luck to her. Good luck to her doctors. And uh, and getting her back on the field as soon as possible and in in great shape and in, and as strong as ever. Absolutely. All right, Dave. There wasn't a pride game, but there were two count them two U.S. Women's National Team games. There were indeed, Michael. And they were both against the same opponent, South Africa. Also true. And uh, you know, you know my axiom. 
uh, more soccer, better soccer. More soccer is better. Yes. And we have been, uh, we've been blessed with a plethora of games. Uh, the U S you know, not walking all over a good South African team. That, that was a team that got out of the group stage in the world cup. They're very formidable opponent, but the U S goes two games without conceding. They win three nil. They win two nil. Uh, two victories, no goals conceded, and most importantly, really, a great final send-off for Julie Ertz and for Megan Rapino, two players who have been instrumental to the success of this team for, what, a decade plus, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is it is a changing of the guard. This is a, These are two players we're going to miss seeing. Uh, you know, unfortunately, age catches up to everybody. Everybody retires at some point. Um, these players are still effective and, uh, and yet they're calling it a career and, uh, and making way for the next generation. So, um, you know, we wish them the best of luck. It's been incredible to watch them. I, I, Julie Ertz before she was Ertz, when she was Julie Johnston, uh, was a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, Megan Rapinoe's service has been, and, and goals have been, you know, a big part of why this team has been successful over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about two players on the uh, one of the longest stretches of greatness of any uh, club or team at any sport um, ever. And they were integral to that. Um, You know, Rapino is literally iconic. Um, You know, there is, you know, the the her, you know, statuesque pose after that um, one. Uh, goal, I mean, you know, has become rampant across the internet and, um, you know, I know that there's those out there that don't like her, but you, nobody can, can speak ill of what she has done for the U S women's national team in her time, uh, playing for her country and the same absolutely for Ertz. Yeah. And, um, you know, people nowadays, they throw around accolades they throw around words pretty loosely but when you say the word legend both of these players are absolutely legends of women's soccer they are i mean hall of fame type players mm-hmm. and they both will be they'll both be in the u.s soccer hall of fame for sure yep. uh first ballot um Ertz, even at, at her age and and with a long layoff and having a child uh was able to play uh, to come in and play in the World Cup every minute uh, on defense, a, play, a position she hasn't been playing in recent years. Um, tremendous warrior. I mean, and then always a threat on set pieces. You know, opposing teams had to be just quaking in their boots every time the U.S. had a set piece because of her. And even though they knew the ball was going to her, she still got to it anyway. She, yeah, she would do that. And that's, you know, obviously on, on set pieces, you know, the scoring goals part, just dealing with her in the midfield and her literally power and presence there, uh, as well as her, her skill and knowledge of the game. But I, I can't imagine any player wanting to, you know, take her on one-on-one and just physically, because she could, she was strong enough to often dominate um, you know, at her position. Not only these players, great players, Dave, but they are two of the great personalities of the game over the last decade as well. They, oh yeah, uh, they, they are. They're just, you can't 
look away when they have interviews. You're you're zoned in on them. They're always going to say something interesting, probably something funny. Uh, great personalities as well as being uh, great players on the field. Oh, fantastic representation for um, the U.S. Um, they uh, always always um, did their best when representing the country that you and I root for, and of course live in, and are citizens of. So. Um, all the respect for both of these players. Um, thank, thanks to both of them for all their contributions to obviously the U S women's national team, but soccer in general. And as you said, just wish them nothing but the best going forward in whatever they end up doing. Yeah. And I, I'm hopeful that they'll go into broadcasting for soccer. Oh, that would be fantastic. They would be naturals at it. I think, um, it has been fun to watch them. Definitely. What you said is, is perfect. Thank you to both Megan Rapino and thank you to Julie Ertz for ev- all of the great moments they've given us as fans of the U S women's national team. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about some of it. All right, Dave, uh, the U S will be back in action next month as uh, there will be another, uh, international window. Of course, uh, they, mm-hmm. they just, they seem to come around about that often. <laughs> 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 and we will be soon seeing two games by the U.S. against Colombia. So, again, it's a pretty formidable team. It's it's good that these uh, younger players are getting their initiation against some top-notch competition. We've seen some new players uh, getting some run out, uh, some, some players getting their uh, their first minutes with the U.S. National, uh, US Women's National Team, and uh, they'll play Colombia in October. On the 26th in Sandy, Utah, and October 29th in San Diego, uh, as they uh, the team still prepares for next year when they will play in the Olympics in Paris. Looking forward to it. Um, I love friendlies um, as long as nobody gets hurt, and uh, just because it's more soccer, so that's better. And it's teams I support. So, what's not to like? I I don't know. Exactly. There is nothing not to like. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to those friendlies next month. Always uh, fun to watch and cheer on your national team. Uh, Dave, we've got a little bit of pride uh, stuff to talk about as we will, of course, give our key matchups and score predictions for the pride against Angel City next Monday night. This is a mm-hmm. rescheduled game. It was moved because of the international window so that the pride could get back their international stars and also so angel city could get back their international stars from this break. And, uh, we're going to have Monday night soccer, which I, you know, any night is great, but why not Monday? Why not Monday? And, uh, you know, it's Monday night food bowl. Uh, it's yes. Monday the second, but it is, it is going to cause us a little bit of uh, grogginess on Tuesday because it's a 10 p.m. Eastern start time because of the uh, game being in L.A. So uh, we'll be back to talk about our key matchups and score predictions for the Pride going to Angel City. And a, I mean, they're all must-win games at this point, but this one especially as a Angel City and Orlando fighting to get into the playoffs and and hovering right below the line. It is a proverbial six-point game, as will be the <laughs> Racing Louisville game after that and the Houston Dash game after that. So uh, we'll talk about that 
uh, game in a little bit. We're also going to uh, we're also going to get to our mailbag box because I know that you love the mailbag box. We're going to get to those things right after this. Dave, we are back, and I know you drove a long way today. And of course, you only did that because you wanted to get home in time for the mailbag box. Michael, I love the mailbag box, as is well known. Um, it's so well known. I have a T-shirt that says so. <laughs> and not only do I have it, but you, dear listener, you can also have one. Yeah. You, all you got to do is go to themainland.com, click on our shop, and just buy one. It's look, you know, you want to do it. And, um, I, I will always, whenever I come down for a match, whether it's city or pride, I will always have my, I love the main, uh, the mailbag box t-shirt, even if it's under my Jersey, I'm always going to have it just because that's how much I love the mailbag box. The mailbag box is closer to your heart than Orlando city. Physically. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. All right. Um, so I suppose it's probably a good idea to just tell people how, how they might ask, uh, how do I do that? How do I ask you anything for the mailbag box? Well, listener, I'm glad you asked that because there, there's multiple ways you can do it. You can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can go to the mainland.com website and visit the page, the scope soccer page and fill out the form there. Or you could also hit us up on Twitter. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can uh, add us at Scoperp Soccer or at the mainland, either one, and mm -hmm. use the hashtag AskScoperp. So if you do any of those things, well, my friend, you will have asked us anything and we will go and answer those uh, questions. Yeah, anything. Doesn't have to be about soccer, um, you know, medical questions, although it must be said, we are not doctors. We're not doctors, but we will give you an answer and um, we will recommend that you seek a second opinion uh, or third opinion in this case, maybe uh, qualified somebody, one. Yeah. From somebody who actually has uh, medical training. Yes, absolutely. But the, the point is, is, is valid. You can ask us about any topic and we will give you an answer. So, Dave, uh, I'm going to look in. The, I, I know we have we don't have any new questions, but we do have two questions that came in last week after we had recorded. So they're, they're new to the show. Yeah. Which is, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. We, we have not previously answered these questions. We do appreciate uh, people getting their questions in, whether they're in time for this show or the next show, it doesn't matter. We will, we will give you your answer. And uh, so we're going to start with a form submission from ah. ask Scoperp. Uh, this uh, comes to us from Derek Parker and Derek Parker says, I was wondering if we could give some love to Jordan Listro for her performance during Sunday's game. This would be the win against uh, the North Carolina Courage. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek says, felt like she did a good job there in the midfield and was responsible for the hockey-style assist in that record-breaking goal, uh, which would have been the Allie Watt goal early in that game. Um, uh, she would have given it to Adriana, who Adriana then gave it to Allie Watt, uh, there for the secondary assist. Uh, I was also wondering where you see Carrie Lawrence fitting into the defensive line next season when she is cleared to play. Do you think Nelson hangs on to the keeper position for the upcoming Angel City game? 
and her overall positioning during the match on Sunday looked so much better than we have seen the past few games. So a few questions here from Derek Parker, and Mm -hmm. let us start with the first one. Uh, Wondering if we could give some love to Listro for her performance. Sure, let's give her some love. I think uh, I've been critical of Jordan Listro. I'm not going to shy away from that. And yeah, I thought she had a solid game in that game. Uh, I would love to see that a little more consistently from her. Um, but the the big thing for her is she didn't make any real critical errors in that game, and the pride went on to win. So yeah, sure, uh, we are uh, we're absolutely able to give some love to Jordan Listro. What do you think, Dave? Oh, of course. I mean, if, if for no other reason than, as you mentioned, you know, the, getting the hockey assist, I mean, that was, that was a good ball. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, mentioned at the the top of the show that the, the midfield is, is now, you know, one player lighter, and that's going to mean that Listro is going to have more chance to prove herself. So um, more of what we saw in that match, please. Yep. Next player up. And that will be you, Jordan Listro. And uh, I'm, I'm, I hope she can build on it. I hope she can play more confidently. And, um, you know, have less scary moments on the field. Uh, the second question from Derek there was, uh, where do you see Carrie Lawrence fitting into the defensive line next season when she's cleared to play? Dave, what do you think? Oh, um, man, that is. Yeah, I, I think she'll have the opportunity to uh, to earn a spot. But, you know, there's they've they've brought in you know, more players on defense, the defense has looked better. And, um, but Seb is, Seb is the kind of coach that if, if you're, if, if you earn it during practice, then you'll have the opportunity on the field. And I would look, if she can come in and she can compete for a starting spot. Great. Do it. Here's my hope for Carrie Lawrence next year. Okay. My hope is this. My hope is a three-player back line with Lawrence, Madrill, and Rafael. Ooh. And and then that would enable the fullbacks to play a little higher. They still have to defend, but it's not as critical if they make an error in defending 1v1. And we've seen Strum and, and McCutcheon have some issues 1v1. So that's one possibility. Having okay. Kerry Lawrence in there, maybe, maybe Seb can go to a different shape. Play three to three, uh, three center backs, and push those uh, fullbacks up to wing back positions where they they might be a little better suited, mm-hmm. and that might actually help the attack. Uh, yep. We may actually see a little bit better attack if that's the case. Um, the other possibility is we see a Kerry Lawrence and Rafaela center back pairing, and Madrill goes out to right back where she looked great early in the season when she played there. Yeah, you know Madrill is got that versatility um i know you know she thinks of herself as a center back and i'm sure she'll be fighting for that but if uh lawrence comes back and and you have her and Rafael in the center and i mean you're not going to not have madrill on the on the pitch uh she's proven to be too good for that i mean literally played every minute of every match of every uh competition so she will be out there in one one way or the other um i porque no los dos why not try <laughs> i mean you could you could see more versatility in the lineup changes. You could see more, uh, you know, different shapes for different games. Um, that's a, certainly a possibility. I I actually like Madrill. I mean, I like her at center back, obviously, but I also think that when she plays outside, we have a chance to see some of her game that we don't see when she plays center back. She has 
shown in her college career, she has offensive skills, but she yes. doesn't get forward as a center back. But as a fullback, she would be expected to do that. So I'd like and, to see a little bit more of her offensive skills. Well, and now that you mention that, I mean, you know, listeners know when we interviewed her that uh, she, she not only is she able to attack, but she enjoys attacking and it's been a challenge for her to not attack so yeah that would be an opportunity yeah so i mean i think those are those are all good things and and uh but the bottom line is having more healthy good players on your team is only a good thing absolutely and we look forward to uh carrie being back uh and available yeah thank you for that question derek but one more question to go do you think Carly Nelson hangs on to the keeper position for the upcoming Angel City game, Dave? Ooh. Um, I, well, I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on, as I just mentioned, what, what's been going on in practice that we don't know. Based just on um, uh, performance, I, I would, you know, I would say let her, let her start. But, you know, I'm, again, I'm not in training, so I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, she definitely played well in the last game. Um, I don't think Seb Hines is the type of coach that uh, allows a suspension or an injury to have a player lose their starting spot. Yeah. So I believe we'll see the return of Anna Morehouse and, uh, and Carly going back to be in the second string. Um, but when you have a season, we have a team and, and you're going through the season, every player has to help out. And and when it's their time, when their number is called, they have to respond and they have to perform. And it's great that Carly Nelson did that last game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a big part of getting that win. So, um, regardless of whether uh, she makes the starters, you know, back on the uh, the bench, um, integral part of the playoff push for the Pride. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Derek, for the questions. We appreciate it. We're, we're sorry we're a little tardy, but. Uh, you were a little tardy getting them to us, so I guess <laughs> I guess we're even. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for sending uh, some great questions. Dave, uh, I know we also had a late one in the Twitters. We did have a late one in Twitters from Axel Child of Destiny, one of the best Twitter handles ever. Um, and Axel says, uh, no matter how the season ends, how excited are you to see what Adriana can do next year with a full year of NWSL? Action under her belt and a year of building rapport with Bright and Watt. Um, how excited am I? I'm all the excited. All the excited, all the excitements. Um, she has been fantastic addition to the pride. Um, absolutely a player that the opposition has to account for wherever she is, whatever she's doing is able to take on uh players. One-on-one obviously is good at putting in crosses is good at scoring um, total package and has brought a ton to the offense uh, for the pride. So, mm-hmm. and you, you know, that's true because if you go back and look how many times she's been our player of the match, um, you can see the input uh, hint. It's been a lot. Yeah, if Adriana isn't the team's MVP this year, then she's at least very much in the discussion. Um, she changes games with her playmaking ability, with her speed, with her ability to score. Uh, not a ton of goals, but I think she's second on the team in goals to Messiah Bright. I, I may be misremembering. I haven't looked at the stats in a, in a week because it's 
you know, it's an off week. <laughs> I get to take okay. some time off too, right? We have um, other things we have to do, yeah. But I, I, and you know, she her assists have been fantastic. She's her positioning's good. Uh, she's good in the press. She basically does everything you want her to do. Uh, you'd like her to be maybe a little more clinical, but as an attacking midfielder, she does pretty well. And I think that uh, for me, if we were voting right now, I'd probably say she is the Pride's MVP for the 2023 season, and um, and by a decent margin. Although, you know, taking nothing away from Messiah Bright's fantastic rookie year. Um, I definitely, and, you know, obviously Madrill probably in the conversation as well. Uh, I think, uh, I, I think it'd be great to have another year under her belt, another year with players that are maturing into maybe their prime and maybe who knows what happens in the off season, maybe a few new talented teammates to make this team better next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there's. This is still a process. I mean, we talked about it at the uh, the beginning of the season. This is this is we are not at a finished product. Um, Seb has, I think, is doing a good job, and the fact that they're in the playoff hunt um, speaks to that. The the players brought in like Adriana have made a difference, and so yes, we are all of the excited for next season to see um, what she can do, um, and I'm very excited for. Um, Watt and Bright as well. Um, you know, Bright, if I, frankly, I think she should be, um, rookie of the year and if she's not, she better be in the running, which I'm, I know she is, yeah. but, um, but yeah, no, um, looking, looking forward to all of it. And, and just as a, a note, I went back and count it real quick, um, between the two of us. So not, not, this is not number of matches, but the number of times that she was picked by either one of us as a uh, player of the week was. 13 times that seems like a lot i can tell just from looking at the spreadsheet um and the amount of times her name pops up that it's the most <laughs> well that seems like an mvp season to me yes it does uh all right um there's a, a one other thing we probably should mention a couple other things uh we'll do that after i after i wrap up this segment but um yeah, I think Adriana is, has been fantastic. I, I, I would love to see them add another piece, that another complimentary piece in the offseason, another potential starter. And we we don't know. I mean, Marta's under contract, but I think it wouldn't be a shock if she retired. So, uh, Adriana, this may be her team next year. It very well may be. And um, look, you know, how much would you like to have Marta as a coach? <laughs> I, would, I would like that. Uh, although I'm not a very good soccer player so good luck to her not for you michael for the pride yeah yeah that wouldn't be bad to have her on the staff for sure yeah all right um that's uh that's it for the mailbag box this week that's it for the mailbag box although we very much appreciate those late submissions from last week that we were able to do this week um keep them coming maybe just a hair bit earlier yeah we uh, we typically record on monday nights we will typically put out a call for questions uh, either through the at scope or soccer or through the at the mainland Twitter uh, or both, usually both. Um, so that's when, you know, you get it, get it in uh, by like seven or eight on uh, on a two on a Monday and you're going to get it that week. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get to it. We'll get to your question. We, we do want to be cognizant uh, of your question and answer it. Uh, and again, you can do that in a couple of ways. You can uh, email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter on Twitter at 
the mainland or at Scoperp Soccer, either one or both. You can even at both of them. And uh, if you do that and use the hashtag Ask Scoperp, we'll find it easily and answer it. And uh, you can go to the mainland.com and uh, click on the Scoperp Soccer webpage and fill out the form. So all those ways are uh, ways that you can ask us anything. And we do appreciate those of you who sent them in this week uh, or last week a little late. Absolutely. I would also love it if you would help us out by just rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you get your podcast. If there's a way to rate and review it on whatever platform you use, such as Apple, Google, whatever, uh, please do so. Costs you nothing, takes only seconds out of your day. And uh, it helps us tremendously uh, rise up the rankings so that we uh, get noticed by more people who uh, will then become, hopefully, new listeners. Yes, new listeners, new subscribers. Um, we 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 dearly. This is a this is a a, um, a a project of love on the part of Michael and I that we're starting. And and as we've mentioned uh, earlier, not this podcast, but earlier in in uh, earlier on, this is not necessarily have to be us the entire time. If um, you know, we get some other people in here who want to, uh, come in, take over, um, and, you know, take this little thing that we started and, and take it further. Great. Do it. Um, Ooh, we it. would love to have you do it, do it now. Well, now get that a chopper. Um, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And, uh, also, uh, here's the thing about rating and reviewing us. If you would give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts, well, that's easy for us to find. So we will read it on the show and potentially make it uh, a testimonial on our webpage. So, uh, we would love to hear from you, please rate and review, uh, Dave, there is a new team coming to the NWSL. We probably should talk about that for a few mm -hmm. seconds. Uh, that team will be in Boston. I don't know that they will be the Boston Breakers. We don't have a name for them yet, but uh, there is a, uh, a group called the Boston Unity Soccer Partners. Boston Unity might be the name. I don't hate it if it is. Uh, and they are bringing professional soccer back to Boston starting in 2026. So another, another new team for the Orlando Pride to defeat. I look forward to that, but most especially, I love the fact that this is not a California-based team. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It's good for the fans in Boston. Who, I mean, it's gut wrenching to lose a team. So, yep. uh, getting their team, uh, getting a new team to cheer for, uh, we're happy for all of them uh, up in the Northeast to to get to do that. So, uh, mm -hmm. excited to see what happens in 2026. Less excited that there'll be probably an expansion draft. Yes, no, definitely less excited about that. That that tends to hurt us badly. It does. It does. Those players tend to go on and do pretty well over at their, at their new homes. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're going to talk more about that in a bit. All right, Dave. Uh, also, the NWSL released its 2024 free agents list, and uh, there are a couple of pride players on the lists that we, uh, we should probably talk about. And uh, one of them is... Uh, Jordan Listro. We already talked about her a little earlier in the program and during our mailbag box, she will be a restricted free agent after the season. Uh, so chance, a uh, greater chance for the pride to hang on. Don't, don't mm -hmm. have to just outbid anybody or whatever. Um, and Kylie Strom is an unrestricted free agent after this year. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see if Kylie ends up back with the pride next year. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, these are all the things that we get to talk about in the off season. They are just throwing it out there. Cause that list came out this week. So, uh, it'll be something to bear watching. Well, I just want to give everybody a reason to listen in the off season. There you go. We, uh, we all need that. Plus, you know, usually our mailbag box is better in the off season. <laughs> Okay, yeah there's people because there's not as much news out there and they're like tell us something yeah we haven't uh done an off-season one yet for scoperp soccer obviously because it's uh this is only our 25th episode uh but uh if it's the same as our other podcast yeah we, we get some interesting questions in the off-season so uh when there's not soccer going on and, and we also get a lot of more uh questions about european soccer in the uh, off-season yes all right, Dave, it's time to turn our attention toward the October 2nd game between the Orlando Pride and Angel City FC. Of course, remember, Angel City came into Exploria Stadium and won it at the death to take the first meeting. And had that not happened, Dave, the Pride would be currently tied for the last playoff spot. Yeah, that was one of the way too many uh giving up a, a goal in the last uh, few seconds of not regulation of oftentimes uh, ridiculous amounts of stoppage time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Regardless, we don't like it. No, we do not. And right now, these two teams, Dave, are tied at 25 points. The Pride mm -hmm. are in seventh and Angel City in eighth as we enter this week. Uh, the Pride are eight, 10, and one. Angel City, six, six, and seven. Uh, the Pride have a minus two goal differential and Angel City minus three. So Orlando having a couple of tiebreakers. This is a six-point game. The Pride are four and two in their last six games. Angel City has not lost in its last six league games. Three wins, three draws. So these teams have been playing well in the final portion of the season. Angel City has come up with some big wins. And we have to take a look at this team. To see who we, you know, who we think, uh, where we think the key matchup is, and, and to predict our score for Monday night. And when you look at this team, this Angel City team, they they look very formidable on paper. Uh, nobody on the team has more than three goals on the season, but they have a lot of a lot of pieces that can hurt you. Even though nobody's like putting up big numbers. Uh, their leading scorers are a trio of players. Claire Emsley, we all know well from the Pride, did yep. not score three goals for the Pride, but she has three for Angel City this year. Uh, Katie Johnson, who scored that game winner late, late, late against the Pride. And very, very young Alyssa Thompson with uh, three goals as well. But those aren't the only players that can hurt you. June Endo is a good player. Savannah McCaskill is a good player. Emma um, Vignola. Uh, just got the the first call up the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, Sydney Larue is on this team. Uh, it's a good team. Uh, we'll we'll see our old friends, Allie Riley and Jasmine Spencer, uh, who we spent years rooting for, but now we must root against. Uh, this is a team that can hurt you, and even without the injured Kristen Press, uh, I thought potentially a playoff team this year. Absolutely. And I mean, look, they're 
essentially tied for the pride, you know, looking for that, uh, that playoff position. So not a, uh, not a surprise that that's where they are. As you mentioned, like, I think there's like five former pride players, which is, I think it's a contractual thing with NWSL that if you're a, uh, expansion club in, in California, you have to have at least five pride players. Um, that seems yeah. right. Yeah. Seems about right. Yeah. So, um, so lots of familiar faces that we'll have to deal with. Um, you know, some of whom we, we dearly, you know, like, I mean, Allie Riley's fantastic. I mean, I still follow her on Twitter cause yeah. she's just, she's great. Um, but we have to, we have to root against them cause we are, we are pride supporters. And that means that, uh, we're going to need to have the pride take it to them and, and, you know, kind of getting into what my, uh, uh, my key matchup is there. And that's, you know, you mentioned press. Well, I'm not talking about Christian press. I'm talking about a pressing attack. Mm. Um, we mentioned Adriana earlier, you know, having her Ali Watt, Messiah bright, whoever's up there, um, uh, you know, push, push forward, early get that goal um it's so important to get that first one i think um yeah especially because on the road playing late um you know the the body clocks of the pride players are going to be different if they can get out and score early and hopefully often show the energy that they showed against the courage that's that's where i think orlando pride have the best shot of defeating uh, Angel City uh, and this away match. All right, you got a score prediction for me? I do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be hopeful. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say that, uh, you know, the they do it again. It's a two-one win on the road. We get revenge for that uh, that last-minute uh, winner from the uh, from Angel City, and and all is right with the universe. All right, uh, Dave. The uh, the folks over there at Angel City. Uh, the pride do not have a good road record, just two, six and one on the season, but angel city at home is only three, four and two. Yeah. They have not been, um, you know, had the, the strong home season that some of the other contenders have had. So not necessarily walking into a, you know, a bad environment or anything. They have a very good environment there, but for whatever reason, Angel City has been able to go three, two, and five on the road and just three, four, and two at home. So translating some of those close games to draws on the road, but not able to do the same at home so far this season. Uh, for me, the key matchup is pretty simple. It's gonna, I'm just gonna continue with the same one that I've been going with, which is when the pride score, they're good and they and they play well in all aspects, typically play well in all phases of the game when they are scoring goals. And uh, when they don't, things can fall apart and unravel in, in horrible ways. So I think to me, again, it's the Orlando Pride offense, the attack. Can they score goals? Can they can they put the ball in the net and put the pressure on, on Angel City? That is the, what I'm going to be watching for. Uh, as it, it typically goes with the Pride, uh, we always say goals change games. And for the Pride, that's certainly true because uh, it, it seems when the Pride do get up early, they're able to manage games. Mm-hmm. But when they fall behind, it's uh, it's difficult for them to uh, to get back in. Yeah, completely agree. Which is uh, hence, as I said, score early and mm-hmm. hopefully score often. Um, I would love to. I I know it would be challenging to score 
earlier in the match than they did last time <laughs> against the Courage. But if they can Challenge manage it, accepted, right? But if they could, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you got to beat Didi Harachich uh, at least once and twice would be better. So that's uh, that's my key matchup. And I think, Dave, that they go out and they get a result that keeps them again in this race. But I'm calling a 2-2 draw. All right. There you have it. That's just a nothing really in that except a gut feeling. And my gut is sometimes an idiot. Uh, if people could see the spreadsheet uh, and how often we're wrong about uh, our predictions, they would feel a lot better about us predicting matches. Yeah, and I hope that one of us is right, because if neither of us is right with the result, then it's not good. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be that would be bad, very bad. We don't Again, want bad, this, we want good. This team could finish anywhere, anywhere in the standings, and there are three Literally. games left. It's, it's insane. It's really nuts. All right, that'll do it, uh, I think, unless you got any other pride uh, business you want to talk about. I do not. Um, just excited to be able to watch the Pride in action again. Missed it this past week. Yep. Good to have the Pride back this week. Uh, of course, it won't be over the weekend, but it'll be Monday night. So uh, hopefully your team is not playing on Monday night football so that you can, uh, you don't have to turn the game over or turn the game off to watch the Pride at, uh, at 10 o'clock. But uh, we'll, of course, be back next week to break down that game, look ahead to the Racing Louisville game. Hopefully the pride will still be in this playoff race. Hopefully the pride will be above the playoff line. Yeah. Uh, when we, when we next talk, um, that would be, that would be pretty special. I would like that a lot. Let's make it happen. Let's make it show. Make it show. All right. Well then without any other discussion topics, we'll just call the halt to the proceedings. Of course, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to those who sent in questions. You read our stuff about the Orlando Pride at themainland.com. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow me at Mainland Michael. And you can follow the Mainland at the Mainland. And you always spell Maine like a lion's mane, M A N E. You can also follow this particular show on Twitter at Scoperp Soccer. And you can, of course, like the Mainland on the Facebooks, the Book of Face. Also, uh, you know, why not rate, review, share, download, uh, tweet about this show? All of those things are great. Write a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But that's going to do it for episode number 25, Dave. And uh, all that's left is for what we do at the end of every show, which is to say, go pride, scope herp.